Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Great to be back on board once again today. Uh, I'm going to have a hard time doing this one justice because, again, too much happened. And this time, the Vikings won. The Minnesota Vikings defeated the Philadelphia Eagles with the correct score of 23-21. to And yes, I'm saying correct score because I'm still ticked off at myself for a, yeah, a few weeks ago when I botched the score when the Vikings beat the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I know, it's a long time ago already, but yeah, really when you think about it, it feels like eternity. That was a long time ago. A lot's happened since that game, and well, here we are, 2-1-1, one, and one, and having fun, kind of. Well, we won. Uh, it wasn't the easiest game to win. It was a mess. It was... Zimmer-like, though. It was Zimmer-like. It's lower scoring. It was kind of like how a lot of us thought maybe the NFC title game would have wound up last year. But isn't it always that way? The Vikings should have, you know, had a nice little solid win over the Giants in 2000. Vikings should have had a close, tight, but but a, but a victory over the Atlanta Falcons. The Vikings should have beat the New Orleans Saints also back in 2009. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Here we are again wishing that things went differently. But, well, we won today. Philadelphia is a dangerous team still, obviously. Carson Wentz certainly did not have the pizzazz that he had last year before the injury. Carson Wentz also did not have that insane run that Nick Foles did last year. And how about them Golden Gopher hockey team? I thought I just saw something. 2 nothing over the defending champion Duluth Bulldogs. So maybe Minnesota's going to beat champions twice today. Minnesota Vikings beat the champion Eagles and the Duluth Bulldogs who actually were the team that eliminated the Golden Gophers from the NCAA tournament by point zero 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 one percent knocked the Gophers out of the tournament by that much and that's a real number it's real and Duluth went on to win the national championship with the lowest seed in uh, college hockey so yes <laughs> well we're going to dethrone champions in the regular season but oh well we beat them and the Eagles are two and three now a very scary place to play. The Vikings never win in Philadelphia. In fact, the last time, thank you to Ali Siddiqui, the uh, Vikings defeated the Eagles the last time around when <clears throat> Joe Webb was the quarterback of the Vikings and it didn't mean anything. It was a bad team, bad Viking team. The win, in fact, actually lowered the Vikings' chances to uh, pick higher in the draft. Blah, 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 blah. But, well, here we are today. We're not talking about the draft. We're talking about doing a hell of a lot more than that. Because when you have a quarterback that can complete passes, and he actually did a good job protecting the ball today. He did a good little scramble, this and that. He at least hung on to the ball, this and that. And, of course, you have a quarterback that can throw the passes he can. He can be as dynamic as he can, especially with the weapons he has in Adam Thielen and, of course, Stefan Diggs. Beautiful, spectacular game for both of them once again. Just unbelievable performance for them. Some solid moments from Treadwell. <clears throat> and, of course, he's a, probably a better blocker than a receiver at this point. A better blocking receiver down the field. You can kind of play that uh, Jake Reed when it was three deep versus Jake Reed as uh, the number two guy with Chris Carter. This and that way back in the 90s. Uh, but, well, when you have an offense of this capability and the defense finally shows up a little bit until the fourth quarter. But, well, the Vikings still won the game, bottom line. <laughs> <laughs> and we made the key stop late that kept the Philadelphia Eagles 
from uh, making it worse, that this and that, because the Eagles might have won the game. That stupid prevent defense almost gave, almost put the Eagles back in position, but the Vikings made the stop when they needed to. They keep the Eagles to uh, 21 points in Philadelphia. Again, this is the Zimmer defense. Bend but don't break a bit, but generally speaking, getting the huge stops when we need to. Still, though, a ton of missed tackles, particularly in that fourth quarter, which drove us all absolutely insane, and I think everybody listening right now would agree with that. I mean, missed tackles like you wouldn't believe. I mean, Hendricks missing tackles you think he'd normally get. Zendaya just cannot get it. He just doesn't get it when it comes to that helmet-on-helmet nonsense. I know you want football to be violent again, and God bless you, but use your brain. When something's going to give you a costly penalty, keep the Eagles in position to, you know, be right up at the goal line so they can get in the end zone, this and that. You're not helping your team when you do stuff like that. The Eagles would have had third down. Instead, they get first and goal, like half the distance to the goal at that stage. Just stop it, please, Anderson Dejo, or uh, let's get George Iloka in there. And, of course, I'm very much a fan of getting George Iloka in there, and he was actually kind of good. He finally got in there. And is it a coincidence that the Vikings' defense actually looks like Mike Zimmer's defense again? Generally speaking, until that fourth quarter, it really did look like Zimmer's defense, and it hung on. It didn't break. (laughs) It almost did, but it didn't. (sighs) Xavier Rhodes was beat here and there, but not that bad. Anthony Barr was way better today. Way better today. Uh, Things improved dramatically. Again, Eric Hendricks did a few missed tackles, which drove us crazy. But you also saw something today that the Vikings' defense can do to change everything, can change everything. You, you, you can win Super Bowls with this kind of defense because not only did they make stops when they needed to, particularly early, frustrating the Eagles and eating up most of the game, keeping the Eagles to only six points after three quarters. But the turnovers, the turnovers are back. Yeah, man. Remember the fumble recoveries, this and that, the strip sacks, interceptions. Well, you didn't see interceptions, but you saw forced fumbles and <clears throat> an unforced fumble as well. But on, on a Mr. Jay Ajayi there, that was an unforced fumble. But... We'll take it. Again, get to the ball. You know, if the team is going to fumble, be the be the guy to recover it. Stephen Weatherly was outstanding. Of course, he has replaced uh, Everson Griffin until further notice. And, well, that's where depth comes in. Oh, so valuable. You love having guys that are fresh. And Arizona finally won a game. Yay. It's about freaking time. But, no, <laughs> what was I saying? You want to have the rotation. You want to have guys fresh. But also, at the same time, if something happens, somebody gets hurt. Or something else happens, something crazy happens, like uh, Everson Griffin's situation right now. We can leave that as is. Stephen Weatherly, huge game. Um, A costly penalty at one point, which was extremely frustrating and all that. But, uh, you know, it's frustrating and it happens. But generally speaking, the guy was huge. Obviously, the strip sack on Carson Wentz, which led to a uh, 64-yard scamper. By the refrigerator himself, Linval Joseph. <laughs> yeah, well, it works. It's it's uh, that was uh, awesome. That was great. Linval Joseph with an incredible uh, return, only sixty-four yards. I'm sure he needed a little oxygen on the sidelines, but you blame him. And of course, beautiful return. And again, you saw penalties today, but generally, at the end of the day, the better team was the Vikings. The Eagles made mistakes later on. They made strange coaching decisions. Going for two, okay, sure, your offense was working, kind of like the Vikings offense against the Los Angeles Rams last week. It was working, and the Vikings would have went for two and probably won the game, I think, if Carson, or Carson, uh, (laughs) 
If Kirk Cousins, that's when you get too excited. Kirk Cousins was able to even hang on to the ball after the first bleep and play, but we'll leave that alone. We can't get that one back. Damn it. But um, again, Philadelphia's offense was working at the time, and it did happen. Again, the point of that was strange, but well, maybe if Philadelphia recovered the onside kick, a field goal would have won the game after two completed passes, but luckily Adam Thielen was able to hang on to the ball. Ooh, and kind of scary. But he was able to hang on to the ball. <laughs> oh, boy. Horrifying game. But a huge win for the Vikings at the end of the day. Again, you saw more of a Zimmer-like game, though. A close game, lower scoring, and a lot of us expected this to be the final score. Something like this to be the final score last year in Philadelphia. And the Minnesota Vikings hosting the New England Patriots in Super Bowl number 52. But, well, here we are today. Not We didn't attend Super Bowl 52 and Philadelphia won it, so... We can rehash over that about a million more times. But nice to see the Vikings defense finally exists again. It's six games late, but wherever you went, don't go back there again. Stay. Stay this time, okay, guys? <laughs> it's six games late, but you're back. And luckily, two of those games <clears throat> were last year. So, And we were able to carve out a couple. <laughs> we were able to carve out at least one win against San Francisco and a bleep and tie against Green Bay. So, all right. It's back. The defense is back, at least for now, and hopefully it'll stick around. And that's what I care about at this stage. Mike Hughes generally was pretty good. He got beat along the way, but of course you're going to get beat by this offense. It's extremely dangerous. Ah, Elshon Jeffrey. Dangerous, deadly, key fourth down conversion, which drove us crazy, but I don't know. It just was working at the time, and it kind of is what it is. Oh, Mills, I don't like that guy. Oh, talking a little too much, especially after he got destroyed by Anthony, by Anthony, by Adam Thielen. I'm losing my mind. Adam Thielen, a 68-yard play where basically Mills fell and Adam Thielen broke in a couple other tackles along the way, made a couple guys miss, scampered for 68 yards, which ultimately led to a field goal. Should have been more, but at least at the end of the day, the Vikings got there. It was the opening drive, though, that drove us all crazy and made us think, yeah, we're going to lose. Same old story, because... Kirk Cousins led the offense down the field like nothing. It was just so easy, just like he did against the Green Bay Packers. And then, like it was just nothing. And then there you go. (laughs) And like he did against the Rams last Thursday as well. Not this previous Thursday, but the one before, as we all know. Um, Just led them right down the field. And then Riley Reef unable to get the block. And, and of course, uh, (laughs) Stefan Diggs unable to get around anybody at that point. And then you see... Mr. Dan Bailey missed from 28 yards out. You just can't believe it. Bounces off the upright and out. Bounces out of the upright, not in. And then he just flat misses. He slices, basically. It's a golf term. The ball was on the left hash. You usually like it on the right hash. So the ball sliced right, and that was it. It didn't hook. It sliced. And he missed it. And you knew it the second the ball came off his foot. But then later on, he pulled the Kai Forbath and nailed one from 52, which ultimately was the game winner when the Vikings needed it most. Vikings leading by six at that point. Scarier than hell. Nails it. Ah, oh, man. Unbelievable. Vikings leading by seven, pardon me. Puts the Vikings up by ten, and it just felt so good. Felt like a miracle. Man, it was just an incredible feeling. He was able to nail that sucker. 23 to... 14 at the time, it was 9. It was a 9-point lead at the time. That 2-point conversion is throwing me off and making me crazy. But it was 9-point. Drove me nuts. 
because of the, it's because of the six, yeah, the six points by Philadelphia. That's what throws everything off of the score. They had to make a couple kicks, but uh, Dan Bailey able to nail one from 52 yards out. That was right down the pipe, and he also hit one before that as well. So luckily, at the end of the day, Bailey gets the job done when it matters, and that's why he's going to be the Vikings kicker for hopefully a while. Hopefully, he'll hang in there. He made three at the end of the day. <sighs> Man, thankfully. And, of course, he made all his extra points. So 11 more points for Dan Bailey. That's good. (laughs) That's good. He had 11 points last week against the Los Angeles Rams. So, again, fantasy bowlers rejoice, I suppose. Too bad he missed a couple ones, especially the 28-yarder. Ridiculous. But the 42-yard slice, that's got to be made. And, again, like I was saying, wrong hash, this and that. I said it on the Facebook page and on the Twitter account. But, um, I don't know. Still, it's the wrong hash, but you can still do it. And most kickers can. Unfortunately, he didn't. Elliot, of course, made all what he needed to make, but nothing spectacular. They were all just chip shots, and he made them. 30 yards was the long. Oh, boy. But, again, let's look at the Vikings offense. You got to see Rock Thomas for the first time. He looked good in a couple of moments here and there, but then uh, then he got tackled for a loss, which, again, brought his yards way down. After a couple of solid gains, like five-yard gains, five, six-yard type gains, winds up with only two yards because of the loss. And, of course, a questionable play call and just poor execution by Rock Thomas. A pass kind of behind there. I don't know what the point of that was. It, was, it wasn't was a good play, kind of too far away. Rock Thomas still needs to catch the ball, but it was still a stupid play, which could have cost the Vikings the game very easily if the Vikings defense didn't stand and keep the Philadelphia Eagles to a field goal, which they did. I mean, you give the Eagles the ball back, trailing only by seven. I mean... That's some scary crap. So, I mean, Sterling only by six, pardon me. Only by six. Only that, you know. And then Vikings defense stands strong and keeps the Eagles to three after all the Eagles did before that. Lord have mercy. So that's the last you'll see of Rock Thomas for that day. Not a good moment there. Uh, Mike Boone only got the ball once, and he was able to get one yard forward after all the banging and thumping he did at the moment. But, uh, well, all right. That was frustrating. Ultimately, they count the fumble to Cousins on that play because it was a passing... It was like a... Yeah, I don't know why they counted to Cousins. I think it's more on Rock Thomas, but I guess it's technically Cousins on that one. So that kind of is what that is. An overall awesome performance by Cousins once again, though. Did not throw an interception. Only one touchdown. That's why his quarterback rating is only... And I mean only 109.6. It felt like, like 130 or something again. 30 of 37 completions. You saw a little teeny bit more of a running game today, and it made a difference. It did. It, it helps. I mean, you get to kind of stabilize things. You might even run the clock down a teeny tiny bit, even though it wasn't so great. Uh, you saw a couple of a couple of running plays to Stefan Diggs, some reverses, one that led to 20 yards, another that wasn't so great. Only five yards, but, well, it was okay. <laughs> Ended up moving the ball forward just slightly, but not for a first down at that play. But uh, Latavius Murray, okay. 3.8 a carry, only 12 yard long, but 42 yards on the ground. It's better, a lot better than we've had the last couple weeks, which is kind of sad, sad but true. Uh, Carson Wentz, nice statistics, but yeah, he doesn't look like the same guy. And again, he didn't look like the red hot Nick Foles and 3 nothing Goldberg. Wow. Taking it to Duluth. Mm-mm-mm. That is making me smile. You can tell I love hockey and I love go for hockey. Mm. Yeah, I love Brave the Wild also. That's the Minnesota Wild Hockey podcast that I do. <clears throat> but no, and overall, yeah, that just makes me smile. I can't believe it. But <laughs> both quarterbacks getting in the 300s overall, but 81% by Kirk Cousins. 
I mean, he's he gets it done. I mean, he absolutely gets it done. Carson Wentz was making some spectacular plays, though, later in the game. Completion to Ertz and all that. Ultimately, two touchdowns at the end of the day. Two touchdown passes for Mr. Carson Wentz. Of course, again, dropping that thing in the bread basket. I mean, it looked like he was going to miss and overthrow Ertz or maybe possibly knock the ball away something, but it just dropped right at the right place, right time. I mean, incredible ball placement, as they say. Damn, that was frustrating. Again, the Vikings playing stupid prevent defense in that drive, but then on that play, though, I mean, he just, I mean, Ertz just beat his man. Spectacular. Uh, or actually, it was Carson Wentz. I mean, Ertz was just barely in position to make the catch. It was a better throw by Carson Wentz than even a catch by Ertz. And Ertz, obviously, is a spectacular player, and once again, a tight end gets over 100 yards against the Vikings. And yes, Zach Ertz is one of the top tight ends in football. But yeah, it still it still is what it is. But at least you kept the Eagles to 21 points. You kept the Eagles to 21 points. And sometimes the best offense is a good defense. And that helped as well. It did. Uh, the Vikings offense wasn't spectacular, but it certainly was dazzling at times. Vikings defense stood strong. And again, you had that uh, fumble return touchdown from 64 yards. Which ultimately, again, forced by Stephen Weatherly. Uh, literally recovered in the air, almost looked like an interception, technically a fumble by Linval Joseph. Linval Joseph ultimately making the uh, play and taking it all the way and did not do a uh, Leon Lett. I got him mixed up with Nate Newton. I don't know why I said Nate Newton. It's Leon Lett. Nate Newton's an offensive lineman. Leon Lett is a defensive tackle. <laughs> that was the old uh, Don Beebe play way back in the day. But uh, overall, again, Fun, fun game to watch, I guess. Extremely frustrating, extremely stressful. The uh, Philadelphia Eagles fan base is enough to make somebody go crazy. Every single play, any little thing goes their way. You can just hear the just the antagonistic nature of that fan base. You saw Yankees fans dumping beverages all over an Oakland Athletic fan uh, when the uh, New York Yankees beat the A's. And it's just like, seriously, these people are shit. I mean, they, they, they know where they can go. I mean, seriously, <laughs> it's got to stop. Grow up, East Coast fans, seriously. I mean, luckily there's some classy ones out there. But the ones that do that, I hope they lose their season tickets. I hope they get banned from the stadium for the rest of their life. I, I, I've just had it with this crap. It needs to stop. So, and the Philadelphia fans did that today once again. Screw you. At least we won this time. So, finally, the Vikings get the victory in Philadelphia for the first time in about five years. So, all right. Adam Thielen, 116 yards, another 100-yard game. That is now five in a row starting out the season. That is incredible. Again, a spectacular catch in the end zone, very late, which led to the Vikings' victory at the end of the day. Huge play. Helped lead the Vikings to victory anyway in that second quarter, putting the Vikings up 17 to 3 at the time that score sounds so familiar the packers led the vikings 17 to 3 at the half and also the vikings led the uh, new orleans saints 17 to 3 at the half so kind of funny how both of those ended up the way they did the packers didn't win the game the vikings barely did against the new orleans saints and the vikings well barely did against philadelphia but they got the job done 21 yards receiving from laquan treadwell at the end of the day Kyle Rudolph had a huge play. Too bad he stepped out of bounds. It was 17 yards. He might have had 35 or more, but oh well. Uh, Stefan Diggs was absolutely dazzling on several plays. Some of them were short, quick plays, and that's why, again, that's why the yards not as sexy as Adam Thielen's, but 
10 catches. I mean, the guy does have glue hands, just like the commercial says. Only one missed play, and that's because it was only one. I mean, he caught 10 out of 11 targets, did Stefan Diggs. The only one that he didn't catch is because it was way, 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 way overthrown. So it was that, that was it. I mean, again, 10 out of 11. That's just unbelievable. If this guy is on a Pro Bowler, I don't know who he is. I mean, Stefan Diggs is about as good a receiver as you're going to see uh, playing this game. And again, Adam Thielen's the same thing. I mean, he's just like a vacuum cleaner out there in the air. And I, I just love him to death. So thank God. And I'm sure I'm sure Kirk Cousins got on his got on his knees and kissed the ground when he saw what type of receivers he had to throw the ball through this season. And for at least the next two years after this one, if not many more. So nice to know we have a kicker that can make a kick when it matters. Dan Bailey, uh, Dan Bailey nailed that thing. So that felt good despite some icky moments. So I, I guess he's a more decorated version of Kai Forbath at this moment because Forbath was a little bit rough around the edges but he nailed the ones he needed to at most very clutch and Dan Bailey got it done so thank God for that nice to see the Vikings defense looking better Uh, Matt Weil still is an adventure at best but amazingly as good as the Vikings offense was today only two punts by Matt Weil that's pretty good and of course the Vikings fumbling the ball away with the whole that goofy play with Rock Thomas there that didn't help either Uh, 39 yards for Matt Weil. Again, the the 43-yarder took a extremely good Vikings bounce. It was a shank. That thing might have been 25 yards or something, but luckily it took an extremely lucky Viking bounce that just rolled and rolled and rolled, basically doubled (laughs) practically at the end of the day. So, great day by a great game from Lindball Joseph. Anderson Deho, of course, making tackles because guys caught the ball in front of him more, more than anything. He wasn't that great. And again, another stupid penalty. Uh, you didn't see anything spectacular on Asandejo or Smith necessarily. Smith with a couple of big plays, though. Nice uh, defensive uh, pass deflection. And again, Georgia Loca finally, finally getting some action and well-deserved. It's good to see him out there. Eric Hendricks was better, but again, the missed tackle, a key missed tackle at a key moment didn't help. But you're going to get beat by an offense as talented as the Philadelphia Eagles. Elshon Jeffrey is spectacular. Ertz is spectacular. You can go on and on and on forever with how good this Eagles offense is. But um, at the end of the day, the Vikings are able to survive a uh, very, very, very scary game. And hopefully this can get things going in the right direction. Is it a statement game? Kinda, but not really. It let's let's, let's just let's use it as a springboard, though. Hopefully for a much more successful uh, season than uh, it looked like it was heading towards for a while there, with the incredibly de- depressing statistics since the uh, halftime against the New Orleans Saints in uh, to, uh, in, in the postseason last year. Literally depressing statistics since that day. You saw something a little better. You sure got the yardage stale from Philadelphia. You got the yardage. I mean, again, Zach Ertz of the 110 and all that, and you could go on forever about that, but the yards are still there, but the points weren't, and you made the stops you needed to, so we'll just uh, leave that as is. With that, we'll take a quick break to get get to the NFL Roundup and preview next week's game. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. So 
So time to do a little rounding up the NFL. Of course, the NFC North, we had two teams play each other today, so that's good. The uh, Packers and the Detroit Lions, so that'll come much, much later. And of course, we will preview the game against the Arizona Cardinals coming up, which... Well, after the Buffalo game, you don't take anything for granted, and they finally won a game, did the Arizona Cardinals. Let's, uh, another rookie quarterback, by the way. Oh, boy, I don't want to get too scared. Uh, Houston just scored. They were down 6 nothing. Now they are leading the Dallas Cowboys in the Texas Bowl. So every week there's a there's a bowl. So uh, there's a Brown Bowl this week also, the Cleveland Browns of today versus the Cleveland Browns of yesterday, or yesteryear, per, per, per se, uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Usually the old Browns win. We'll see who won today. Hmm. I think a lot of you already know, but we'll leave that as is. So Washington and New Orleans. The New Orleans Saints will host the Washington Redskins on, Mon- on Monday night football. 3-1 and one Saints. 2-1 and one Redskins who have already had their bye, if you can believe it. So that's the situation there. Interesting matchup. Probably the Saints will win. New England Patriots rolling all over the Colts. Looks like Tom Brady and co. are back to business again. I remember that old rivalry back in the mid-2000s? Brady versus uh, Peyton Manning. That was an amazing, amazing rivalry. Peyton Manning got the best of Brady in 2006 and uh, finally got their championship. And that was the only championship the Colts would have. Uh, obviously, they won one way back when they were in Baltimore with Johnny Unitas and such. So the city of Baltimore has actually three Super Bowls to claim of their own. But, of course, the Baltimore Colts are... Like Baltimore Colts left town, and the old Colt 45, also very uh, reminiscent <laughs> of, of the Baltimore Colts uh, running back back in those days. He wore number 45. Why am I talking about that? I don't know, but Buffalo's defense showed up to play kind of like they did against the Vikings. 13-12 to over Tennessee. So Buffalo with their second win of the season. Good on you. Good on you, Buffalo Bills. Cincinnati over Miami. I liked when Miami was 3-0. I kind of like the Dolphins. You know, I like their uniforms. I like their history. I like the I like teams with fish and lightning and flames. You know, Calgary Flames, fire and the lightning and fiery colors like the Chiefs colors and, and the Atlanta Hawks used to have. And, ah, uh, whatever. They lost to Cincinnati. And the Bengals look awesome, actually. That looks like a really good team. And maybe this year they'll finally win a playoff game. Cleveland with a two-game winning streak. They went to overtime again. I mean, they've been to overtime like every week this year, including a tie, a bleeping tie with the Pittsburgh Steelers, who looked a lot better today than they did against Cleveland. And the Browns win the Brown Bowl. Congratulations to the Cleveland Browns. 12-9, Vince Germano, Vinrock Vince Germano, Los Angeles Lakers fan. Second favorite basketball team is the Timberwolves, so he loves Timberwolves Explosion and has been on that show numerous times. Um... Cleveland Browns fan, but also the yeah, follows this show, likes the Vikings and all that too. But uh, congratulations, Vince Germano, and you know how friends are. We we re, we root for each other, so I've got absolutely nothing against the Cleveland Browns. And how can you have anything against that team? What's what's the point? Why be rude to them? I like to see Cleveland have some success and to beat Baltimore. That's got to feel really good, and I mean really damn good. We'll get back to that NFC North game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not bad, not a bad outcome for us. Kansas City Chiefs versus Jacksonville. Some people might believe that could be a playoff game right there in a lot of ways. Playoff seeding, maybe even the AFC title game, but the Kansas City Chiefs and, uh, oh my goodness, Patrick Mahomes. What is going on with this guy? He is uh, awesome. He's awesome. He looks like Kurt Warner with the St. Louis Rams in 1999, but I don't know, something like that anyway. What an awesome player he has become. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll leave the uh, former podcast that uh, host that I used to know out of this one because he really 
turned out to be a, a lot different person. I know a lot of people turn out that way, don't they? You think they're your friend, then they're not. We'll leave that as is, though. Uh, amazing, uh, amazing run for Patrick Mahomes. It wasn't his prettiest game, but they still got the job done. And then, uh, he still did something out there. It was more of Blake Bortles sucking at the end of the day. This was easily Patrick Mahomes' worst game, but still managed to get 313 yards against the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, two interceptions for Patrick Mahomes, so easily his worst game in the NFL, but Blake Bortles was worse. Four interceptions at the end of the day for Blake Bortles and a fumble loss, so that is a whopping five turnovers for Blake the Snake as he uh, really poisoned the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars offense today. Kansas City Chiefs getting the job done, but again, not a pretty day for Patrick Mahomes necessarily, but still got the yardage that helped the uh, Kansas City Chiefs get their job done. Travis Kelsey, pardon me, with 100 yards. Sammy Watkins with 78. Tyreek Hill with 61. An incredible uh, overall offensive performance by the Chiefs, but unable to get in the end zone from a pass from Patrick Mahomes. So, big drop-off there. But still, again, an accomplished offense got the job done at the end of the day. Kareem Hunt got in the end zone, and Patrick Mahomes rushed one in. Not a very mobile quarterback, in Patrick Mahomes' case, he's just a really good quarterback, and that, that's all that matters. He's mobile enough when he needs to be, that type of thing. Um, but completed the passes uh, at the end of the day. Uh, a couple of interceptions and no touchdowns are what killed his quarterback rating. So 62.7, little reality check, but still, to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars by 16, extremely impressive. Yes, it was an Arrowhead Stadium, and almost nobody wins there when the Chiefs are good. So, going to be interesting. Um Still, nice overall day for him. A rushing touchdown for Patrick Mahomes. Rushing, rushing touchdown, rushing touchdown. <laughs> Big win for the Chiefs at the end of the day. Keeping Blake Bortles uh, looking very human. He also ran in a uh, touchdown as well. Did uh, Blake Bortles very late. Um, keeping the Chiefs, uh, well, trying to trying to make things semi-interesting, but kind of too little too late for Blake and co. So that just kind of is what that is right there. We'll have to move on. That was an interesting one, though. I th- I figure I'll look at the New York Jets, too, here against the Denver Broncos, 34-16. to Oh, Case. Case, Case. Good numbers, actually, for Case Keenum, but 51 passes because the Broncos were behind the whole damn game. He did have an interception, and at the end of the day, the New York Jets really uh, put a whooping on the uh, Denver Broncos. Apologize if you can hear anything in the background. There's a little bit of noise in the background, so I just want you... To know that uh, I apologize for that, just just in case. Hopefully, you don't you're not hearing anything. I certainly didn't plan on there being uh, voices in the background here, but sometimes it is what it is. Sam Darnold's completion percentage was lousy, but still completed three touchdowns and managed to get a 98.1 quarterback rating. Not bad quarterbacking by either guy, particularly. But then again, the complete the percentage from Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold, not good, but still did what he needed to do and help the New York Jets get the job done. Um, 219 yards rushing from Isaiah Crowell, including a 17-7-yard scamper. Belisle Powell, though, poof, also 38 yards, and that certainly helped. Uh, still a, a kind of a yucky game from Sam Darnold, but still, th- think about it, though. 198 yards and only 10 completions. That's pretty good. So that's like 20 yards, you know, 20 yards per catch. So that's kind of interesting. <laughs> but incredible day rushing, 320, well, 318 to be, nope, 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 323 yards rushing. you gotta, you got to factor in Sam Darnold's five yards. It counts. 
323 yards rushing against the Denver Broncos. This was a defense that won the Super Bowl by itself pretty much a couple years ago. Well, three years ago with old man Manning as the quarterback. Um, Hoofta. Not the same. Not the same at all. 300 yards rushing for the Jets. 323 yards. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I had to look at that one because the Jets scoring 34 points, that's not normal. I mean, that's kind of weird. <laughs> that's a lot. Let's keep moving. I love this segment. Can, can you tell? I just love it. Pittsburgh Steelers, should we look at that one? 41 to 17. What the hell's up with the Falcons? They're 1 and 4. I think they're finished. Winning in Pittsburgh is not much easier than winning in Arrowhead Stadium, by the way. In fact, it's pretty much impossible. Um, when's the last time the Vikings won there? Like 94 or something? No, it had to be a little bit later than that. I know we did win there in 94. We did. We also won there in. Uh, I can't remember what year. Uh, maybe that was 94. Man, that was a long time ago. 95, maybe. Yeah, I think the Vikings won there in 95. They did. Yup, and then Mr. Uh, uh, what the heck was that guy? Now I'm losing my mind here. And of course, it's Bill Cower, Mr. Uh, Mr. Firm Lip himself, or whatever the word was. I forget what they called that, but yeah, that was a long time ago. Steelers have the same record as the Vikings, 2-2-1, two, two and one, so good on them, I guess. 41-17 to 17 over the 1-4 and four Falcons, so... So, so uh, the odds of the Falcons getting to the NFC title game, I think, slim to zero at this point. I'm glad I'm not the uh, Falcons. Matt Schaub replaced uh, Matt Ryan in the game. <sighs> Ended up completing five of seven. Matt Ryan, nothing great, nothing terrible. Matt Ryan had to leave the game. Unfortunately, three touchdowns for Ben Roethlisberger. Nice completion percentage for him. This and that, well, solid anyway. Overall, just a huge win for the Steelers. Uh, James Conner, 110 yards. It's just a complete... Uh, it's crazy that Pittsburgh is able to play this good against Atlanta with all the divas and prima donnas on that team. At least two guys that are slightly important in all that. Now, of course, the running back, Le Le'Veon Bell, is a little more of a point than uh, Mr. Brown over there. I don't think anybody likes Brown right now in Pittsburgh. Le'Veon Bell's got a little bit more of a beef, I suppose. But um, just like the Seattle safety had a, was a, sporting the middle finger uh, about a week ago, as uh, <laughs> all that, all that deal where he just, you know, he was underpaid, this and that. He was frustrated. They finally sign him, and then he gets hurt. So he flips off the uh, general manager. <laughs> kind of funny. Uh, kind of feel for him too, I suppose. Carolina and New York, a dramatic 60-yard kick to win the game, 33 to 31. Feeling for Pat Shermer a little bit. He could use the victory, and he didn't get it today. 1-4 for the Giants. 33-31, Carolina Panthers. Again, a 63-yard field goal by Graham Gano at the end in a very dramatic game where, Phil, uh, where the New York Giants were able to get uh, <laughs> into the end zone. Eli Manning, the, 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 the old present into the future to Saquon Barkley putting the Giants up by one with only a minute left, but the uh, Carolina Panthers with the ever-mediocre Cam Newton. And yet, just another mediocre game. Two touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, able to get into field goal range, at least kind of field goal range. 63 yards was enough for Gano, and the Carolina Panthers win. Oof, duh. I don't like the Panthers anymore. I haven't really liked them for a long time, actually. I was okay with them before, but then Cam Newton kind of showed what he's all about, and that would be uh, Cam Newton, and uh, I kind of lost interest pretty quickly after that, so do you blame me? Los Angeles Chargers, 
beating up on the Oakland Raiders, they needed that win because they had a frustrating loss last week, kind of similar to what happened to the New York Giants. They were able to scoop in the win, 26-10. and 10. Oakland Raiders are 1-4, and four, and that's kind of it. I mean, forget about the Oakland Raiders, and uh, I don't know. I don't know, John Gruden. He's not, not the dynamic coach he was last time he coached, and his last couple of years in uh, Tampa Bay weren't so great either. Okay, well, there's a red game here. Arizona Cardinals versus the 49ers. San Francisco 49ers, a couple of red clubs. Of course, the 49ers no longer have Jimmy Garoppolo. It's back to B.J. Beathard again, just like last year. Oh, goody, before they got Garoppolo and things were really kind of frustrating. But I guess, hey, San Francisco, go get that draft pick, which I'm sure is what Arizona's thinking as well. Arizona has a quarterback of the future. San Francisco has a quarterback of the future, but you need more than just a quarterback, I suppose. Get that left tackle that the Vikings could use. Uh, C.J. Beathard had a nice game yardage-wise, but he had to pass the ball 54 times because the San Francisco 49ers were trailing for most of the game and pretty much the whole game, and yes, they were, and this and that. Two interceptions, two touchdowns. Josh Rosen, just good enough, but only 40%. Pretty yucky, quite honestly. But um, Arizona able to get the job done, so good for them. At the end of the day, David Johnson into the end zone twice, which, again, is wonderful for fantasy bowlers out there, I'm sure. You always love it, even if you only got the 55 yards or whatever. Two touchdowns, you're gonna have a sweet, sweet week at the end of the day. Get the get in those goal line, get get to the goal line. As long as your running back gets to the goal line, that matters a lot more than a couple of yards. Why did I go to Arizona just now? We'll come back to that in a minute. That was a goofball thing there, but that's okay. Just talked about the score. We'll actually talk about the Cardinals for real here in a minute. 33-31 win for the Los Angeles Rams over Seattle. A dramatic win in Century Link Field. Century. Link Field of Seattle, 33-31. Incredible. I get the Century Link and Lincoln Financial mixed up, but probably because two teams I'm not, not very fond of, especially their fan bases, Seattle and Philadelphia, for different reasons, but both of them very obnoxious. Todd Gurley, that's probably the best running back in football, and if you're a fantasy baller, you'd probably feel the same. Uh, Jared Goff didn't have his best game today, but good enough. Completed the passes he needed to. Had key turnovers, and that helped Seattle stay in the game. Russell Wilson was spectacular, downright spectacular in the game. Only completed, I mean, only attempted 21 passes, still managed three touchdowns and a quarterback rating over 130. But um, it was all about Todd Gurley and Rams defense on occasion getting the job done. Todd Gurley getting into the end zone three times. Chris Carson, who has emerged nicely for Seattle along with Mike Davis. They got about 200 yards rushing today. Good combination there for those clubs. Uh, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, again, another 90-yard game. That guy is something, isn't he? Knock on, I mean, hello? Are tight ends becoming more and more valuable parts of offenses out there? No. They're not becoming valuable pieces of offenses. It's not important to have an elite tight end, is it? It's not important or anything. There's, There's no Zach Ertz. There's no Gronkowski that's won Super Bowls recently. Nah, Cooper Cup might get a ring this year the way this is going, but tight ends aren't that important, really, are they? They're just they're just kind of part of the show. It's all about this and that, and yeah, tight ends are becoming uh, way beyond what we ever thought. Uh, Vernon Davis was kind of a prototype uh, beginning of all this, and uh, it's gotten really uh, something. These athletic tight ends that can really get the job done. If only Kyle Rudolph was a step faster and his hands were a little teeny bit better. Kyle Rudolph would be one of these elite tight ends, but he's not. He's uh, he's about a half step below those guys. Still wonderful, still capable of getting big games, but nothing like this. He's kind of a little bit more the stereotypical tight end who will drop some passes, make some big plays here and there. Um, 
but never be the never be the literally like your most viable receiver on the field, which I think Cooper Cup is, along with Robert Woods, who's had some moments. But I think Cooper Cup is about as valuable piece of that offense as there is, other than of course Todd Gurley. He's been spectacular, and again Jared Goff is spectacular uh, accuracy and great coaching by the young man there in. Uh, Ramsland. I can't believe he's like how many years younger than me, McVeigh. He's like what? How much? How many years younger? Like five, six years younger than me. Boy, am I doing the wrong thing? Why am I here? <laughs> oh, I'm doing a podcast, not making any money. This guy's making probably over a million a year. In fact, well, easily over a million a year. Coaching one of the best teams in football and looking like a genius, and and I'm just building products and cutting grass. Oh, Joey, you you, you screwed up, didn't you? Screwed up. I'm a great football mind, right? No, I don't know. Probably not as good as McVeigh, but uh, well, good on him. And uh, he's got a long career ahead of him, doesn't he? So let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals. Seems like yesterday they were really good, and they were strip sacking Teddy Bridgewater, and Carson Palmer was having a nice renaissance late in his career. And God, I love that game. And man, I even like their coach, even though he was crazy. He was really good. And man, I don't know. I don't know who they are anymore. It's really sad. They're just like what San Francisco is. You know, San Francisco had their franchise quarterback, ACL. Um, Carson Palmer had multiple ACLs with Arizona, multiple ACLs with Cincinnati. No, he had one ACL with Cincinnati, but it felt like more than one. Then he had a couple with Arizona. Uh, Much older and much later in his career. Adrian Peterson had a couple minutes with them last year. No, he was okay. Um, He's been better with the Washington Redskins, though. He looks way better with them so far. Josh Rosen, though, I mean, if the Vikings defense plays anything like today, Arizona ain't getting 28 points. And luckily for the Minnesota Vikings, C.J. Beathard isn't our quarterback. It's Kirk Cousins. I think, uh, (laughs) God willing, uh, Kirk Cousins will stay healthy all year. But I got to think the Vikings backup's a little better than uh, C.J. Beathard. I got to think so. And, of course, that being Trevor Simeon, of course, the ever-valuable Trevor Simeon. <sighs> yeah, he's got to be better than C.J. Beathard, but uh, God willing, we won't have to see uh, Simeon out there unless it's just kind of like the Vikings are way ahead or, you know, that would be the only reason. Or it's a slight thing, precautionary. Yeah, you know, let's just be careful. So uh, Mr. Uh, Kirk Cousins will be ready to go next week, this type of thing. But, um Josh Rosen doesn't scare me at this moment. He's not the most accurate guy. You, you got the skills, but it's way too early. He's too. He wasn't supposed to be the quarterback right now. I think if Arizona's smart, they put Sam Bradford back in there. I mean, I, I don't know. Do you really want to destroy the guy's confidence? But then again, can you? He's the cockiest son of a gun ever. Um, he did have a nice 75-yard play with uh, Christian Kirk yards after catch and all that, but again, a good deep pass by Josh Rosen, 75-yard play, but uh, he didn't have a good game necessarily. I mean, he didn't throw an interception, but 40%. Uh, San Francisco's defense is okay. It's okay, but it's not that good. Um, they did an okay job against Kirk Cousins, but Cousins occasionally lit them up a bit. They were all right, but mostly it was because the Vikings offensive line stunk so hard. Um and the Vikings offensive line is definitely in trouble at the moment as well because something I didn't even get into in the first uh, first segment and I knew it was going to be a problem because there were so many other things to talk about. <laughs> it's just like dawning on me now. I didn't even mention it. Riley Reef is banged up again. And just saw uh, Rashad Hill at left tackle. 
and Brian O'Neill at right tackle. That's why you saw Brian O'Neill out there. He's doing okay. He's doing his job and everything. You saw Mike Remmers, after getting a hand, illegal hands to the face penalty, do a pretty good job out there today, actually, at the left uh, right guard, pardon me. Hopefully he stays right where he is. But Brian O'Neill at right tackle, getting significant snaps, and you saw Rashad Hill at left tackle. And if Riley Reef's not good to go, and he's been banged up all bleeping season, and if Riley Reef's not good to go, even if it's the Arizona Cardinals, that could be a huge problem because Rashad Hill, you know, the last time you put a backup left tackle in there, the guy's name was TJ Clemmings, and we saw what happened. Rashad Hill, luckily, has been around long enough, you know, at least like a year and a half here, to build some confidence where TJ Clemmings is literally thrown to the wolves. I mean, you're not going to start at left tackle for an NFL team like that when you're not like necessarily some guy who's like a plug-and-play type of player coming out of the draft, which we hope Matt, you hoped Matt Khalil was, and he kind of was until he started becoming more and more exposed for the lazy son-of-a-biscuit he was. TJ Clemmings is not ready to start in the NFL, and the hope was he would be someday if need be. Um, but he was generally a backup, this and that, Rashad Hill at left tackle, that could be a huge problem if Riley Reef does not come back uh, soon, healthy, and like legitimately healthy. Uh, so that left side is, is, is hurting for certain right now. Um, the right side, well, I mean, O'Neal and Remmers is okay. Rashad Hill, at the end of the day, again, he's a backup. He's supposed to be a backup. He was never supposed to be a starter. But, you know, Mike Remmers was supposed to be a legitimate right tackle. You were supposed to have a right guard, but of course... Uh, Berger retired, and the Vikings were too cute to uh, draft a guard in the draft. Uh, were uh, to draft a guard back in the late April, early May would have been nice. But Jeff Daniels plays with the Chicago Bears, and well, Ragnow went to Detroit earlier, much earlier. You got to see him today against the Packers. If you watched that game a bit, which I didn't watch the whole thing, but I watched a big chunk of it. You got to see him play today. Frank Ragnow, of course, locally and gonna have a nice career with Detroit would have liked to you would have could have really used him here among many others Hernandez who went to the Giants to, to uh block for Saquon Barkley mm. um here we are just waiting and wondering and boy oh boy it's not helping that the Viking uh, the guard situation is not helping Mike Remmers should have been the right tackle Rashad Hill should be in there if need be at some point Brian O'Neill should be developing um, there's not the worst thought of like Brian O'Neill getting better and better and better and then and then you know might move Mike Rimmers to guard but for uh, Rimmers to be only the guard all the time and for uh, O'Neill to be out there right out of the gate it's dangerous but I guess o- O'Neill's held his own reasonably for the most part that's the good that's the good thing he has been holding his own he doesn't let it get disaster like poor TJ was um, but now Rashad Hill at left tackle I mean I don't know. I hope we don't have a little T.J. Clemmings Jr. coming up here. But uh, that could be the fear coming in. At the end of the day, the Vikings, there's no excuse. They need to protect home field. They need to get the job done. It's a nooner, so it won't be kind of a late game where I'm jumping on board right afterward, practically. Not that I'm having a bad time here. I feel very good, and I'm enjoying myself talking about this game today and this week, and worked out okay. As long as it's not Sunday night, I suppose. That's when I can get really challenging (laughs) recording the show depending on the weather, which we'll talk we'll talk about that at the very end of the show, maybe. But uh, yikes, sounds kind of wet coming up here again. Um, there's no excuse for the Vikings to, to not beat the Arizona Cardinals. Long story short, 
Um, David Johnson is one of the best running backs in football. He's healthy now. They don't have to worry about signing Adrian Peterson, this and that. Of course, he's coming off an injury last year and all that, but he looks good. He's the best player on the Arizona Cardinals at this moment. Josh Rosen's not ready to go uh, long-term, I don't think. Larry Fitzgerald, well, I mean, he's getting to that age where I don't know how much longer he's going to be good. Um, he's still dangerous. He's the kind of guy, if you give him any type of space, he's going to burn the hell out of you, and I think that that's uh, a way where maybe the Arizona could pull off something good. David Johnson, though, you got to plug the middle better than the Vikings have been doing against most of the teams. Uh, today, the Vikings' run defense was better than it had been, but if it's anything like it was against the uh, um, Buffalo Bills, and if Arizona gets a little bit creative with the offense and all that with David Johnson, then it could get interesting. And, of course, uh, Christian Kirk had a huge game today, 85 yards and four targets, a 75-yard play again from Josh Rosen. So that's where things get interesting. Uh, Christian Kirk had been nothing special coming up. Uh, he was a second-round pick, though, just this past year, so he's got his whole career ahead of him, 149 yards before today's game. So we'll just have to wait and see how things go with uh, Christian Kirk the rest of his career. He can be uh, definitely a valuable fixture and a, uh, somebody that uh, could be a favorite of Josh Rosen in the years to come. But I don't think Arizona's going to beat the Vikings. I don't think there's any reason the Vikings should lose to this team. Uh, Jerome Gresham, that's a fairly familiar name. Jermaine Gresham, pardon me. That's a familiar name. Uh, he didn't have a huge game today. He hasn't done too much of late. Only nine yards before today's game, and he only had one catch. Uh, he'd had some moments in the past with Cincinnati, this and that. So that's the tight end you got to worry about. Uh, I'm not too worried about that. And again, Josh Rosen, If again, if I'm Arizona, I would probably put Sam Bradford in there. He knows the Vikings better than... Uh, Rosen, but then again, his lack of mobility could kill him. That's the other thing, too. So there's that's the combination. Bradford's a better quarterback right now, and he knows the Vikings better than Josh Rosen does. But Rosen, i got to think, and just about anybody else, he's more mobile than Sam Bradford at this point. I know I would be. So we'll kind of leave that as is. Minnesota, long story longer, if I'm ever going to get to the point, will uh, win the game over the Arizona Cardinals. Minnesota should win the game. Something along the likes of... You know, let's just, not, you know, just at the end of the day, just don't get cured. Go out there and get the job done. Complete the passes. Get your job, get the job done. Arizona's got a defense that's capable. That's the thing. They have capable players on their defense, but it's not the defense that it used to be. In fact, sometimes they're flat terrible, and they've had some nasty moments this year. Um, Trey Boston had a huge game today, though. Three deflected passes and an interception. What an amazing game for Trey Boston. That's one guy to worry about. Um... So, again, just no excuse. Get the job done. Josh Bynes, Chandler Jones, both players that have had moments in the past. Buddha Baker, a guy who's uh, a young emerging safety there for the uh, for the uh, <laughs> Arizona Cardinals. 11 tackles in the game. Holy crap, solo. Big game for him at the end of the day. But, again, look who he was going up against. I mean, they're not that scary. So, uh but he looks to be a really, really, really nice safety in the years to come for Arizona. So they have some young pieces on that defense and some some uh, guys remaining from when they were uh, very good defense a few years ago. So Vikings will win the game. Something along the likes of, I, I think it's going to be on the lower scoring side. I mean, we're not going to blow this team out necessarily, but I think the Vikings win something along the likes of 24 
to 14. The Vikings need to win the game by 10 points or so. 24-14, 24-13, something like that. But uh should be a convincing solid win by Minnesota as well that move to New York where they play the New York Jets and hopefully the Vikings can get the job done there. But we'll worry about this one right now. 24-14 to 14, Minnesota should beat the uh, Arizona Cardinals by 10 next Sunday at noon. With that, we'll take a break and get back for some fan interaction. And we are back here on Approval Mafia, third and final segment, which might be a relief for some of you out there that don't like this show as much as you thought you did. No, hopefully you like it okay. We'll, of course, get to the Twitter account, the Facebook page, and all that. Uh, no call-ins today. I didn't really expect there to be because this is a little different situation, a little later game, but uh, maybe. I mean, you're always welcome to call in. I always recommend the uh, the uh, audio submission route versus calling in, even though the call-in is perfectly fine to do. The phone line for that is 209-736-7877. Again, the, uh, <laughs> the audio submission route, I think, is a little bit safer and quicker. You basically use your phone, use the uh, audio recording device on your phone, voice recording uh, application, which takes a second, just press record, basically, and treat it like a phone call, save it, keep it to about five minutes or so, save it and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com, and then that's all you got to do, and then I will convert it into an mp3 file, and it's on this third segment to lead things off, usually. So that's basically how that works. Very simple. I will have everything in the show description for copy and paste purposes, including the Twitter and Facebook and the links and all that. So let's get to the Twitter account at Purple Mafia Show at Purple Mafia Show. I thought I had it and I don't. Here we go. I do now. I want to thank uh, Tanae Brown, Vince Germano, and Malcolm McSween for retweeting the most recent show. Also, James Beck and Dave Hickey for retweeting the most recent show. Thank you guys very much. Dave Hickey out of Iowa, James Beck out of the UK. Tanae Brown out of New Zealand, Vince Germano out of Australia, and Malcolm out of Southern California. Whew, I ran the gamut there, didn't I? And th- isn't that cool? That's what's the best part about podcasts. It's worldwide. It's worldwide. You know, that doesn't matter where you're from. Bada bing, bada boom. As long as you have internet connection, you can get on board and join the, uh, man, Gophers have about as many shots on goal as the Minnesota Wild. 11? Jeez. Get their winning 3-1. to one. Go figure. Get the job done. <laughs> I'm too excited about that. That's kind of nice. You might actually win the series against the Duluth Bulldogs. Wow. Okay. Man. Uh, Ali Siddiqui brought up something very, very, very interesting. And we got to get to that right away. This guy's going to be a star candidate because of this alone. I mean, this is something else. He said, what was it? Last Vikings last beat the Eagles in 2013. That season, they also tied in a game earlier. That was also against the Packers. Amazing call, Ali Sidika. You are a star candidate for this week. I mean, amazing call. I gotta, I'm going to respond to his tweet right here on the site. Mm-hmm. Amazing call, my friend. You are a star candidate for this show. Bing, bing. Yep. <laughs> That's the old, uh, what do they call that thing? Um, Internet Explorer sound effect. Boom, boom. There we go. I just made it up myself. Amazing call. I mean, that is one of the true urban legends. Speaking of urban legends, I didn't even pass out awards in the first segment. That's how excited and disoriented I was. That's what kind of day today has been. A mess. Fran Turkington Award for this, this week. 
it's got to go to, you know, should I give it to Cousins? Should I give it to Thielen? Should I give it to Diggs? <laughs> should I give it to uh, Linval Joseph? <laughs> it's like a total team effort type of thing. I mean, Thielen made a spectacular play. Huge touchdown. Stefan Diggs was unbelievable in multiple moments in the game. Gosh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, boy, I, I didn't know Hunter got a sack in the game. Eric Hendricks was good, and then he had the missed tackle. It's really tough. Uh, Christian Ponder Memorial. <laughs> you know, even Bailey for the 52-yarder was was big, but then he could also be the Ponder Memorial for missing a couple of kicks. That would have put the game away, potentially. Would have made things a little different. I mean, much harder for Philadelphia. An extra six points would have been very tough to come back with. So... I don't know where to go. Uh, just, uh, it's almost like it's just all an urban legend. But no, the true urban legend right here is that right there. The last time the Vikings beat the Eagles, they tied with the Packers. That is an urban legend of epic proportions. Unbelievable urban legend brought up by Ali Sidikai there. And he didn't even necessarily tweet it to me. I just responded to him. So uh, he came up with that one, and thank you very much. Uh, Mad Barnes says, hard to believe that victory was led by Joe Bleepin' Webb. And yeah, he didn't write the bleepin' I did. It's ridiculous. Joe Webb, uh, a meaningless season. That meant nothing other than just worst draft position. <sighs> we'll get back to Mad Martin. Oh, let's get to him now. He says, unbelievable. Why am I not surprised Bailey missed that? That was the 28-yarder after the great drive. Um, I'm trying to say, Fran Turkington... Fran Tarkington Award should go to... God, it's hard. I mean, I'm going to give it to Stefan Diggs. I mean, he caught everything. He caught everything. Everything except for the pass that was way overthrown. Stefan Diggs deserves the Fran Tarkington Award for this week. If I have to give it to one individual guy, it's him. Um, The Christian Potter Memorial, I, 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 I don't know. Just the missed tackles here and there. Extremely frustrating. Maybe it's going to go to the Gophers right now because now they're giving up the game here. Three to two. Great. Come on. Stop stop spoiling my mood, man. It's three nothing. Damn. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. I passed out the awards. Okay. Uh, Christian Palmer Memorial. I don't know. Just the missed tackles in general. The prevent defense in general. That kind of stuff drives me nuts. Let's continue. Because, I mean, Bailey made, made a 52-yarder. You know, so it's hard to give it to him. <sighs> Mad Martin says, Dare I say we look by far the better team? This is again Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland. He says, O line again trash and now another massive play against us. Yep. So the true, true, li- so true, the life of Vikings fan. How we had that great drive and then down we go. Another bleeping missed field goal. I'm going to go insane. Malcolm out of Northern, I just did it again. Southern Cal says, I need to start watching a sport that isn't so reliant on one person kicking a ball. Yeah. Unbelievable, isn't it? Unbelievable, and I was saying it was wrong hash, but you still got to make that. Uh, Mad Martin, yep, that was immediately after. Again, right then, all of a sudden, there goes Linval Joseph. He just says, fat guy touchdowns are the best. Zimmer D working tonight, and it finally did. So I do wonder if having a defensive uh, head coach is a disadvantage in the new NFL with all these new rules to protect quarterbacks and wide receivers have one hand tied behind their backs. And yeah, I mean... Sean McVay might be the next. Oh, the Gophers just scored again. Okay, what's going on over there in uh, Mariucci? Sheesh, now it's 4-2, just seconds later. I'm distracted, can you tell? Mariucci Arena, Gophers up 4-2, to two. yes, sir. 
<laughs> okay, and it's still just the second period, by the way. Which, yeah, there's three periods in hockey, so who knows what's going to happen there. Um, Sean McVay, Doug Peterson, um, and of course that's freaking Sean Payton of the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, I mean, some of those offensive head coaches are really something right now, aren't they? Uh, they've had a lot of success. Um, Bill Belichick, defensive coach, generally. He was a defensive coordinator with the Giants back in the, the uh, Bill Parcells days and got lucky with Tom Brady and some really some intelligent uh, offensive coordinators that are coordinators, not coaches. So that's kind of been the case there. Yeah, um, well, I'll take the defensive head coach for now. Hopefully that can get the job done. It helped, uh, well... <laughs> Of course, Denver had a, had a quarterback for their coach, so it just they just happened to have a good defense. Go figure. Let's just keep going. Maybe just have an awesome defensive coordinator, not named Leslie Frazier, and then, uh, yeah, have a genius uh, offensive coach or or just have a genius offensive coordinator, which maybe feel if uh, John D. Filippo is. So maybe. Not yet, but maybe. Mad Martin continues and says, that's someone who would love old school football. I hate it, but I'll take it. But... I'll take it, but that was a horrible roughing the passer call. Yeah, against, uh, yeah, roughing the passer call against Michael Bennett where he basically kind of tripped up Cousins, kind of went underneath him and pushed a little bit. Yeah, that helped the Vikings a lot, and that's nice to be a beneficiary of that, I guess, for the second time this year. <laughs> second time this year. Ah. And Martin says, these roughing the passer calls are really taking the fun out of the game. That was one of the worst calls I've seen. I I understand. I understand. I don't disagree. I'll just take it, I guess. <laughs> Definitely. And against the Eagles, I don't feel too bad. I really don't. Um, it's mostly because they're fans, though. Their their team didn't necessarily do anything like the Saints did do something nine years ago. Uh, Medberg continues saying the lack of a run game is going to cause us going forward. Well, hopefully Dallin Cook could finally get healthy. Man, Martin says, Dean Hunt anywhere near last year's level. Need points. And this next drive with no running game. Eating, uh, eating a major problem. Eating clock. Yep, eating clock. Giving this game away. So Vikings football. It's unreal. I dislike their fans too. And Mad Martin wraps up this section up. There's a couple more new ones here. Yep. Oh, that was mostly Ali. Uh, uh, there he goes. Uh, let's come back to Ali in a second. Mad Martin wraps this up with, so a two, two and one start is only just off the three and two start. I think most of us would have been satisfied with. But the D and especially the O-line are massive issues going forward. And it's funny. Yeah, the offensive line is definitely a massive issue. The Vikings defense, well, there was the prevent defense on that final drive. That was the that was the scheme more than the players. Prevent defense, we've all seen it. The Vikings were ahead by a certain amount. They were trying to prevent a long drive, but they gave up a touchdown anyway, or a, a big play. That's what the prevent defense is all about. But what good did it accomplish? They still got in the end zone, so that was kind of dumb. It's one thing to play prevent defense and keep the team to a field goal. That's more like it, but that was just worthless. I was, again, telling Ollie it's an amazing call, and then Ollie says, thanks, great win, and couldn't agree more with that. Thank you again, Ollie. Again, you are a star candidate. Mad Martin always is. Malcolm always is, too, pretty much. Uh, MN Vikings. MN Vikings Haven. I'm going to give a shout-out to them really quick here. Trevor Wickerin, the founder and creator of that Facebook page, kind enough to allow me to post links to Purple Mafia on that Facebook page. Again, in-game threads and just general conversation about the Vikings throughout the week, throughout the year. Always encourage you to go there. I've seen multiple uh, 
Probo Mafia followers go there as well. Uh, very cool of you to do that. And uh, thank you, those of you from that page that might be listening to the show. And hopefully you are. God bless you if you are. And uh, tell your friends, if you could, to jump on board. Uh, what was it? There's a couple of things that happened during the course of this week. Oh, yeah, the whole stupid Xavier Rhodes thing. The previous show, a couple of comments here. Yes, two comments on the previous show. I think it's just me and Justin there. Ah, what the hell? Oh, yeah, I posted that. That was a different thing. Click on the comments, please. One of these days, Justin Mayor Henry says, Is that bleeped beyond belief from AVGN, the angry video game nerd? And I was saying, yes, it actually is. Yep, yep, and it's from that uh, Batman episode on angry video game nerd or cinemassacre, all that on YouTube. Yeah, I'm a, I, I'm a fan. I like that. It's fun. Um, so Justin Mayor Henry did call it. He was dead on. It was uh, believed beyond belief. That was the one. Um, <laughs> so good call there. Did the Gophers just score again? Nope. That's just they did five to two. They're scoring on every play. <laughs> They're scoring on every play, and UND's on a three minute on a on a major power play. Gophers are rocking the world right now. They might be the best team in the country. <laughs> so much for UND being number one. <laughs> I'm too excited about that. That's cool. Okay. Continue. And NFL finds Xavier Rose for kicking the penalty flag against the Rams. That is, yep, Mark Carlson says unacceptable behavior. Mark out of Iowa, of course. Dave Hickey, also out of Iowa, says should have kept Newman on the field. Brought back Captain Munderland and cut McKenzie Alexander. And yeah, maybe he got a lot of likes for that one. Don't blame you there. Gerald String out of Nebraska says agree with Mark and Dave on all points. Takes a long time for some of those knuckleheads that grow up these days. Everyone wonders why our defense isn't like last the last few years. I would even go back to Greenway's leadership carried over to last year and had Newman out there as the role model leader. Plus, what in the world happened to Griffin? That was Zimmer's guy. Seeing the, seeing the analogy, we are the 29th defense if you start the second half of the Saints last year. To this point, points and yards allowed per game plus plays over 20 yards. Don't think we are going to even be a wild card team this year, never mind a Super Bowl. And if they played like today, they're, they're closer to where we'd like. They gave up a lot of 20-yard plays, and the yardage was still there, but we kept them down. It was at least a, it at least resembled the Zimmer defense of before. And uh, I'm still <laughs> struggling over what to call this episode. It'll show up. So sometimes it's a definite thing. I'll have something. <laughs> I'll come up with it, obviously, as I'm posting it. <laughs> sometimes it's just on the fly. I was saying I know this was already reported a few hours ago, but no Delvin Cook today for those of you who that, who didn't see it. Mark Carlson says, what? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. And I was asking, when is he not hurt? It seems like. Gerald String says, don't really think he's been 100% at any time this year yet. And I don't think he has either. Dave Vicky says, time for one of those promising young rookies to make a name for themselves because they really need to get some kind of running game going. Rock Thomas was adequate until he had that big loss and then wound up with only two yards because of it. We'll look at the uh, bottom part of the in-game thread here. Brett McCarthy was saying, what a catch and run. Can't finish again and from Josh Mayer Henry. I was saying how um, Mills of uh, Philadelphia pass interfered a bit with Adam Thielen. I mean, he grabbed the guy, grabbed all over his waist, and then no flag was thrown. Thielen got kind of mad. Mills started getting up in his face. And I'm guessing Thielen 
talked back to him in terms of, yeah, well, where were you on that 68-yard play, you little punk? He probably said something along those lines, maybe filled with some F-bombs. And, yeah. Um, and then Josh Mir, uh, I was basically saying how the guy, uh, Mills, is just a just like a petulant child, basically, you know, with the endless trash talking and yapping. Uh, Josh Mir Henry came back and said, basically, he has to disagree a little bit there because... It's part of the game, you know, that players trash talk and it kind of makes them, they try to get each other off their game because of it making them too pissed off at each other, that type of thing. So I apologize, Josh Mary Henry. Uh, it was a little bit like, I didn't get mad at him. I just was like, come on, man, are you kidding me? Basically, like, how, how can you defend the guy? It's kind of almost what I was saying. I, I don't have to like this or like that, whatever. But no, I understand, Josh. So nothing personal there. Good thing uh, Josh didn't uh, take it anything funky there. Uh, Josh Mir Henry out of Colorado. Him and Justin, great guys out there. They're brothers from the Colorado area and great followers of the Purple Mafia. So, of course, nothing against Josh there. You should be a star candidate because you're very active throughout the entire show. Awesome. Awesome day for uh, Josh Mayer Henry, I'd have to say. He says, what the bleep is going on? Open receivers all over the field. Brent Jacobson was saying, where the heck was the Vikings defense in the first four weeks? Yeah, because it was way better today, obviously. The brother says, Brent, Jake, oh, look, they're back. Yeah, the, the crappy one. Yeah, the crappy group of players. Or crappy de crappy defense. <sighs> yep. Player after player being left wide open. Brett McCarthy was mentioning that. And uh, good red zone stand. Yep, Keep, keeping them to a field goal. That ultimately saved the day. Josh Amir Henry, yep. Needed to stop. And, of course... <sighs> Yep, and he was saying how that Jeffries, that shouldn't be a catch. And I kind of, yeah, I mean, I didn't like that. That was bullcrap. Um, so not a, I was not a big fan of that one either. Um, no tackles were being made. It just drove me nuts. Yep, there he is. So, yep, uh, Josh Marion says, and Sandeo usually a solid tackler. Yep, he couldn't get that one. And also, again, stupid uh, penalty in the end zone. He was saying too many damn missed tackles to count. Yep, I agree with you there completely. He says, need to put together a touchdown drive. Yep, and the Vikings, yeah, well, he ended up settling for a field goal, and it was a big one, though, a very big field goal. Uh, yeah, Yankee was saying the half-Viking, the half-game Vikings are back. Ben McCarthy was telling guys to stop running the ball. Hmm. Yep, uh, let's get to near the end. Huge kick coming up. Yep, there it is. Yep, that was that 52-yarder. Very clutch. Yep, uh, Yankee was saying how they're playing soft. Josh Mariner say Josh Mariner Henry as we get to the end here. Um, yep, here we go. Let's let's wrap up with these couple here for this section. Ertz was the only guy that used that drive and they couldn't stop him, meaning the Vikings couldn't. The helmet to helmet hit by Sadeo could bite us in the ass. Yeah, that was stupid. It almost did cost us something there. Well, obviously they did score and everything, but luckily it didn't end up screwing us completely. Dave Vicky was saying, why not play regular defense? So many teams lose playing that stupid prevent defense, and there's no doubt about it. Brent Jake says, I was literally about to post the same thing, because right minds think alike, right, guys? <laughs> Josh Mir Henry, back-to-back -back here, says, that was too damn close, almost gave up the onside kick. Got the W, but was rough. And yeah, they did almost give up the onside kick, but luckily feeling, poof, barely hung on to that ball. Barely. Um... Post-game thread is now in the house. Good number of comments and likes and all that stuff. 
and wish this thing would load so I could get on with my day here if this thing would actually load. And it finally did. Let's get back to the beginning here. Ali Sidikai, locally in the Twin Cities here, says, Pretty nerve-wracking, but the Vikings get the win. Much-needed win. Jeff Froyland was saying, yeah, that was a stressful right to the end. Eric Mustard says, Vikings win plus Packers loss. A good day of football and couldn't agree more with that. Josh Meir Henry says, that is a huge win. Really need to get back on track. Need two wins, Arizona at home, and then travel to New York for the Jets. Yep. Hope we do play better against them rookie quarterbacks than we did against the last one we faced. And that's a, a huge point there because we really coughed it up against those Buffalo Bills. They made us look stupid. Brett McCarthy says, if this is the way our season goes, I will need some blood pressure medication. I agree with you. Brett McCarthy out of South Dakota. Joe McCarthy. Hey, here we go. Says, yeah, and Detroit looked good today for once. Yeah. No, he didn't say for once. So, yeah, they did. Uh, Josh Mayer Henry was saying, I don't think Detroit looked that good. Crosby missed. Yep, that's the other thing. Crosby missed five field goals. He was, yeah, he was missing everything, even the extra point. He missed six kicks. So, five field goals. I don't even know how you could miss that many. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, you know, I didn't even bring that up. But it's like, and obviously I watched the game and I saw it happen. It's really something else. Sadik, hey, there he is. <laughs> Pretty cool stuff. But yeah, five missed field goals by Crosby. I mean, just think about that. That's 15 points. That's insane. Insane. Um, that's embarrassing. Uh, Josh, Josh Mayer Henry says, either way, I think the the Bears are the team to beat in the North this year. They are scary on both sides of the ball. And yeah, hard to believe how good uh, Mitchell Trubisky has turned out. Cedric Paulding out of Mississippi says, good win. I'll take it. Hopefully we'll build some momentum. Skull. Yankee out of Brooklyn Center says, not sure why we were given, giving them free yards at the end because that hardly ends, that hardly ever ends well for us. Should have just pressed them and make them earn whatever points they get. I agree. Tony Coleman out of South Dakota says, there were a number of times that the defense looked a little like the defense that played hard against the Bills. That second half was kind of tough to watch at times. I joked with my in-laws that they should have just canceled the fourth quarter and called it good with three. Yep. All in all, a win is a win. I'm just concerned about my heart health this season, blood pressure rising, and that was what it was like for me too. It was freaking me out. Leland out of Iowa says, nice win and all. Offense is starting to uh, click at a good pace. Defense is looking better, but, yep. <laughs> Justin Mayer Henry says, I was feeling under the weather, so I napped out and missed the game. Yeah, there was Justin. Yeah, I was wondering, where did he go? Sounds like I missed a nice one. Might have to catch up on Game Pass. Of course, I missed a win, LOL. Mark Carlson says, good, better, man, and I hope he gets better as well. Justin, Josh Mayer Henry says, no more watching games for you, Justin. <laughs> yep especially in that situation. Gerald Spring says, I'm a Game Pass guy too. I did catch a little bit of the game. I still say Remmer's over is overpaid. Just don't think the guy can handle any average to above average pass rusher. Maybe he got better as the game went on. Yes, and he did get a little bit better. Will be interesting to watch tonight. Yeah, he, he got better. Um, he started really poorly. And Mayor Henry, uh, Josh Mayor Henry wraps up the section saying, as I think... Remmers left the game with an injury and didn't come back, but I could be wrong. Joey will know for sure. That was Reef. That was Riley Reef that left the game, um, unfortunately. Uh, that was Riley Reef. Um, 
which actually is worse. It sucks that Remmers left, but again, Riley Reef, yeah. So that might be uh, that might be uh, Rashad Hill left tackle next week, which is extremely scary. So we'll see what happens to that. I don't like to see guys having to move positions like that when there's an area where they're comfortable and all that. And uh, we'll see what happens. Glad you're able to squeeze that in there, uh, Josh Mayer Henry, because yeah, that was the last few minutes while I was recording already. So cool, cool. That's a huge one. So that wraps up the Facebook section. There he is. Oh, he just replied to something, or is this a new one? Oh, okay. Justin Mayer Henry saying thanks. Yep. And yes, that was. I'm going to reply on here, but I also replied. It was Rashad. Ah, what the hell? Riley Reef, actually. Riley Reef. Reef. Let's put Reef. Yeah. <laughs> That's an unfortunate thing, actually. So, kind of scary. Scary uh, loss there with the uh, Vikings, possibly. Riley Reef. Um, it's going to be an interesting situation going into next week of the offensive line. So, yeah, there it is. So the reply has been put up there and all that. So let's pass out the stars for this week. Well, the gold star this week, it's going to go to Josh Mayer, Henry. I thought he had an awesome week. And, again, I apologize for kind of freaking out a little bit. I was just in the moment, pissed off at the Mills. And it's just, it was, that game was driving me crazy. It was driving everybody crazy. Um, Justin Mayer, Henry, you missed a good game, but you also missed a uh, lot of scariness, a lot of uh, anger, a lot of frustration. But thankfully, the joys of surviving and winning that game, huge, huge. Um, Vikings able to get the stop they needed near the end of the game there, and uh, oof, duh, able to run the clock down. That felt unbelievable. So huge, huge without a doubt. Some questionable coaching by uh, Doug Peterson, but then again, hey, I mean, he looked like a genius last year, and he got a ring. So he's just like Seattle with uh, Pete Carroll. Ooh, you never know. Maybe if they keep losing... Maybe he'll be out of a job by the end of the year, which is which was unthinkable. Unthinkable, as most recent as last year. I mean, crazy to imagine Pete Carroll being out of a job, but happens. Doug Peterson, you never know. Maybe two, three years from now, he won't be the coach of the Eagles anymore. As weird as that sounds, sometimes things work, and then the magic just runs out, and uh, it's uh, not for long. What have you done for me lately? Blah, blah, blah. So it is what it is. It's not always just the health of players. It's the shelf life of coaches. Not for long. Again, gold star to Josh Mayer, Henry. Silver star this week. Oh, boy. It's just impossible, isn't it? It always is impossible. Mm, great takes all over the place. Ah, oh, man, you guys make this too hard. You really do. Um, who can I give it to? Uh, silver stars. Oh, silver stars got to go to Ollie for sure. Ollie's getting a silver star. Great call. You could even say it's gold-plated silver star. An incredible week for him. Brett McCarthy deserves a star. Lots of energy throughout the game, keeping things coming. Brett McCarthy's a future Hall of Famer without a doubt. You could pretty much bet that uh, that plaque is being engraved right now. <laughs> yeah, a lot of you guys, you know, you just know you're going to get there. Um, so, Gerald String and Man Martin should, should get some bronze stars as well coming into this one. Awesome week, guys. Awesome indeed. Always thank you so much for being a part of this show. Now hopefully I can get through the work week without getting covered in rain out there and sinking into the ground. Just look at that uh, Look at that scene of downtown Minneapolis, uh, the Gopher hockey game. 
it's just a sign of what kind of that's what I don't like about fall is when it when it's dark and rainy. I like when it's you get that nice dark blue sky and then the fall colors. There's two sides of fall. There's this dreary, miserable wet crap, and then there's the gorgeous dry stuff. Boy, I like the dry stuff. I swear on those uh Oktoberfest bottles with all the different logos, you see those that sky blue and white checkers, you know? The checkers that's like represents Oktoberfest. I swear it's all about the October sky. And then those patchy looking clouds you see this time of year. I, every time I see that, every time I see that in the sky, and it's always this time of year, I'm thinking that's where the, that checkered Oktoberfest colors and sky, uh, sky blue look comes from. It's got to be. It's got to be from reality. Like the clouds look like checkers a little bit. And you get that. The October sky is number one. Um, it's scientifically proven that the October sky is the bluest and the best sky of the entire year, at least in this part of the country and probably many other parts of the country as well, a part of the world, we should say. Um, it's a beautiful time of year, and um, it's a shame we're missing out right now with these gray skies. Uh, very Seattle-like, I guess. Go Seahawks. Maybe that's why they almost, uh, you know, <laughs> they almost won today over the Rams, but they didn't. They almost had it, but the Rams are 5-0. and 5-0, and and... Uh, Boy, if only the Vikings could have knocked them off last week. Wouldn't that have been something? And then you beat Philadelphia? Just tells you, man, there's a game of inches. Certain little things can change everything. Just imagine if the Rams lost. Just imagine if the Vikings, Daniel Carlson, made one kick. One kick. Just imagine if he made one kick against the Packers. Or maybe Dan Bailey was the kicker instead, which he probably should have been. I mean, you could have just signed him in the offseason. But no, we just couldn't do that. You couldn't just sign Dan Bailey and just uh, go from there. We couldn't do that. No. <laughs> no, he got cut. Sorry, I'm silly. He got cut. But yeah, maybe you just, you know, you move on from, if you don't want four bath, you just sign Dan Bailey after getting cut from the Cowboys in the uh, preseason. So you just could just go on with that. So unfortunately, that's not what we did. So for those of you that are in the upper Midwest, please stay dry and pray that it'll not be as bad as they're saying when it comes to the amount of rain. Oh, I hope it's not true. Say it ain't so, Joe. Say it ain't so. So Jeff Roiland actually was the one that messaged me about that, saying well, there could be three inches around here. So say it ain't so. <laughs> I, I hope not. So with that, again, please tell your friends about the show. God bless. Again, I mentioned about the audio submission links to all the uh links to the uh the email and all that in the show description the facebook page and the twitter account so with that gonna bid adieu and wish all of you a wonderful week and a three two and one record that just sounds weird but it's better than two two and one i guess